Welcome to Substance, not Psychobabble. I'm your host, Vanessa Bentley. If you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram handle is at Vanessa the Therapist. Okay, so this week is listener requested, and that means that one of you out there who's listening wrote me either on Instagram, which is fine, you can direct message me there, or you can email me at the podcast at vanessalandino.com. And yes, I know my maiden name is still my website. I'm working on it one thing at a time, people. So people write me topics, ideas for podcasts. And I love this because it gives me the sense that I'm really connected to you, you people who are listening all around the world. If you follow my Instagram stories, I posted all of the countries that we're in. I didn't even count them. I don't even know that there are more countries in the world. But greetings from little old Nashville, Tennessee to all of the listeners all around the world. So good to be with you this week. So a listener named Heather wrote in with a dilemma and she reached out to me on Instagram and here's what she wrote. And I've edited it a little bit because I wanna protect the situation and the people that are in it. So I've made some things more general, but you'll get the gist, okay? This is what she wrote. Quote, I wanted to reach out to you as I'm currently going through a friend breakup. We've been friends for over 10 years. I don't agree with some of the things she's doing in her life. She came to visit me in 2022. She made poor choices while visiting me, choices I really disagree with morally. I was so mad, mostly mad and concerned for her safety and for her complete disrespect for the life she has back home with a husband and family. Fast forward to 2023. She came to visit me, but she didn't visit me. She was with a man the entire time, made time for a group dinner with me once and lunch with her new man and me the following day. My sister pointed out that my friend wasn't a nice friend to me at all. She noted that she was very condescending and treated me poorly. I recognized her behavior and I kind of brushed it off, but as I reflected on the friendship, I realized how much I had grown and how our friendship had shifted and we've drifted apart. I called her out in private during the lunch outing in 2023. She denied any wrongdoing. I told her how she made me feel and she apologized. Things were rocky and never the same. Fast forward again, December 2023, she and two other friends made plans to fly to my hometown for an event. I was to be included in said plans, but then I wasn't. I was very hurt by this, and when I addressed it with her, she gaslit me. She made me feel like my ex made me feel, and it felt really icky. I don't want to remain friends in the current state she's living. She's left her husband and lives a life I don't agree with. Do you have any advice on a friendship breakup? I think this would be a great podcast topic. Close quote. Well, Heather, you're right. This is a great podcast topic, and I'm so glad you reached out. You know, throughout the month of February, we're going to really be taking a deep look at relationships, okay? how to have them, in this case, how to end them or if to end them. So this is a great topic. We don't really talk about the dramas and the traumas that happen in friendships, but they happen. They do. I mean, we have this awkward silence sometimes between us. There's blowups in friendships. There's dramatic endings of friendships. And we never talk about it. It's like this whole bedrock place of a support system in our lives. And when it goes wrong, it's extremely painful and disorienting, but we don't talk about it enough. So thank you for the thoughtful focus here. Really helpful. Now, when I read through this story, I want to be transparent with you. I have to say I have been here. Okay. I have been here. And when I say that, I mean, I don't just mean that I've had to break up with a friend. I mean, I've been on both sides of this situation. I've been a friend 
see if you can follow this. Okay, I've been a friend to the friend whose life seems to be unraveling through very bad decisions. Definitely been that person. Had crying people on my couch. Okay, I have been there a number of times. And that's really hard. But I've also absolutely been the friend who needed a friend during my own terrible decisions. Okay, in my late 20s and early 30s, I made a stream of bad decisions. And I needed friends during that time. And I'm thankful that I had one who was extremely faithful to me. So in other words, I've supported the friend in disaster and I have been the disaster. Okay, so when I read this, I had compassion for you because, Heather, um, speaking directly to you now, because I've been there. You know, when you're just watching something, you're like, my God, you're like a train wreck. What are you thinking? What are you doing? What's going on? But I've also been a train wreck. (laughs) So I kind of had compassion for your friend. I was like, oh, God, sister, I have been down that road. So all of that to say, let's look at it from both angles. okay? because a friendship is nothing else except a mutual experience. So the problem that I can see here is twofold. All right. Your friend with whom you have a long history, 10 years is a long time to be a friend to somebody. That's a decade. She seems to be fundamentally changing who she is, right? Who you've known and you don't agree with the direction she's going in. Okay, so that's one facet of this, which is that you're drifting apart. You're not making decisions that put you on a path where you have enough in common anymore to support a friendship. I get that. But the other part of this that's really significant is that she mistreated you. And that's sort of adding injury to insult, right? She lied to you. She's sort of caught in a web of deception herself. She's having an affair. She's doing all of these really deceptive things. And then she caught you up in it. And then she gaslit you to protect herself. Okay, so those are two different things. One is you're making decisions I don't agree with. Does that put us on separate paths in life? It very well could. The other part of that is when I confront you, you're terrible to me. And that's another possible reason to break up with a friend. Let's talk about what people need when they're in disaster. Okay, what kind of friendship is needed when someone is in disaster? And I thought about this and I thought, well, wait, because before we even unpack what a friend in disaster needs, we have to unpack disaster. What is happening when someone's life just seems like it's unraveling and they're doing it? Okay, disaster when tragedy hits or crisis occurs is very different. When people start making questionable, immoral, dangerous, reckless decisions, what do we say? We say they're making a mess out of their lives. It's a disaster. It's chaos, right? But let's stop and look at this from a psychological lens. What is really going on? Okay, what happens when someone's life unravels at their own doing? What would compel someone who is otherwise living a very stable life to suddenly explode into a stream of terrible decisions? Okay, the psychology of this has to do with the shadow. So what do we mean by shadow? Okay, there's so much work out there on shadow and it's really important work because we have to get this. We have to know it in ourselves. We have to own it. This is part of being a human being. Okay, what do we mean by shadow? The shadow is the part of the personality that we repress. Okay, to repress means to push something back out of our consciousness, out of our awareness. Okay, it's comprised of the parts of us that we don't consider to be acceptable to our society. It could be our community, our family, our religion, our culture, but whatever system, because human beings live in systems, whatever system we're living in, the shadow is the part of the self that we don't think will be accepted. 
And why is that so important? Because human beings have to have a sense of belonging. We have to have a sense of approval. We have to belong somewhere. We have to be part of a community. That's just how we're oriented. Dogs travel in packs. Horses travel in herds and humans travel in clans and societies and communities. That's just the nature of the beast. So whatever part of us doesn't really fit in with that, we repress. That repressed self is called the shadow. Okay, so what does the shadow look like in our own head? It's when we find ourselves saying or thinking inside of our head, I can't think that, I can't say that, I can't do that, right? We do this all the time, like, oh, I had this dream and it was so disturbing, I can't possibly tell anybody. Or I had this really violent thought or this aggressive thought against my children or something, I can't tell anybody. I could never admit to that. Okay, that right there, that's your shadow. That's the part you don't want to own. You don't want to see. So you repress it. You push it away because it's unacceptable. Now, once we've done that enough, the shadow side of the personality begins to outweigh the side that we consider acceptable. Okay. Now, what does that look like in some people? It looks like a nervous breakdown. And I'm going to talk more about how to balance the shadow at the end. But when the shadow becomes imbalanced, okay, meaning there's no outlet for it. And this happens a lot in personalities that are perfectionistic or in people that are highly religious, people that are in super structured living societies that are very homogenous. They're very ideological. Like you can't think outside the box. You can't be outside the box because you risk rejection. And so nobody's going to risk rejection on that scale. So what do we do? We just repress the parts of us. I mean, we're seeing this now all the time. People are forming monolithic groups of groupthink where it is absolutely like untenable to question, you know, certain ideologies that exist right now. You cannot question it. I mean, Michael and I talked about this in last week's podcast, which was about when men, you know, go to therapy and they're failed by their therapist. But we had a conversation about kind of the people who pounce in our own field. Even therapists are in this groupthink mentality where you can't let anything out that doesn't follow the ideological lines of the community that you're a part of. But the problem that that is generating is it's just generating shadow because people are repressing all of the parts of themselves, which is criminal in a therapeutic community, but it's happening. It is what it is. So that's what's happening in your friend, Heather. Okay, she had an explosion of what we would call shadow. Once we have repressed enough, okay, the shadow side of the personality begins to outweigh the side that's acceptable. And we can go to a nervous breakdown, we can double down on the false self, or it explodes. And all we see is shadow and we are startled and we are horrified and we say things like, where did my friend go? Where did my husband go? Where did my wife go? What's wrong with my child? We're just shocked. Like, I cannot believe I just found out my mother is having an affair with a 25 year old. Like that kind of shock. Like, what is going on, right, with this person? What are they thinking? My friends, they are acting out the shadow. This person, in a very unhealthy way, is actually, just hear me out here, they are trying to balance their psyche. The collection of weight of who they are or who they were or who they're supposed to be got too heavy and the burden became unbearable and a break took place. Does this justify it? No, it does not. Does it explain it? Yes, it does. 
And if you want to know how a therapist deals with someone who's having an affair, we don't moralize them, I hope. If you're out there and you're a therapist and you moralize people having an affair, please go do something else with your life. That is not helpful. (laughs) Okay? What do we say? We say, what's going on? Okay? We know. I mean, a therapist who's skilled enough knows, like, there's a need that's getting met here. This person is trying to balance their psyche with this relationship. The shadow side of the personality got too big. Now, the good news is eventually the shadow may run out of its own internal energy and deplete itself of its power since it's in full throttle. Okay, this is like a sports car at 200 miles per hour. Eventually, it's going to run out of gas. Okay, and what do we call this? We call this coming to our senses. I came to my senses. It's like the story of the prodigal son in the Bible, Luke 15. He came to his senses after he ran away from home and lived out his shadow. Okay, and that is a great story, by the way, of the shadow and the light. Perfect story of the shadow and the light and the constancy of God. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so eventually the shadow may run out of its resources. We come to our senses and typically we tuck our little tail between our legs and walk back to our lives and there is a disastrous mess to clean up and our relationships may or may not be salvageable. But if we do our work in that place and we learn how to understand ourselves and forgive ourselves, there's a deepening and a seasoning of the self that happens and it is at a cost. Okay, there's usually carnage. There's, I don't mean literal. I just mean there's like a wake of destruction. I've done it. I've lived it. I've seen it. I've been in someone else's wake. It's life. Okay, these are relationships. But if the relationships that they were in can heal, if they can own what they've done and people see the value of that humility and also the value of a soul that's been seasoned by shadow work, That's a very valuable person on the other side of the shadow, but sometimes those relationships cannot be healed. They can't be rectified. Sometimes though, I mean, that's a good, that's like the best case scenario when someone is exploding in their shadow is you just hope like God, let them run out of steam. Let them just come to the end of this. But sometimes the person will identify with the shadow self and that becomes who they are and they never return. So what do we do? Okay, because it sounds like your friend has now kind of identified more with the shadow than with her old self. And that's scary, right? Because then it's like, I don't even know you anymore. Well, the first thing I would say is this. Is this a person who could become aware of what is happening inside of them? In other words, before this whole thing happened, was there any kind of path of self-awareness? Did they demonstrate a desire to know themselves before everything exploded? Because the most dangerous explosion of shadow occurs in people who don't have self-awareness. But if your friend has a history of being thoughtful, self-reflective, you know, deep talks, taking ownership for things in the past, maybe a good talk is in order. Not a, you know, you're making really bad decisions and I don't approve of them talk. I mean, she knows that right? We know that already. Nobody needs to hear you're making bad choice. They know. Deep down, they know, okay? And deep down, they're probably scared you know what <laughs> because their life is exploding. Everything's changing at breakneck speed. That's really scary for anyone. But you may have a talk that sounds more like this. Um, okay, this is a lot for me to process. And I feel like we are drifting apart. You don't really seem like the person I knew, but I want to understand you. 
I love you. I value you. You matter to me and I value our friendship. So what's going on? Okay, you're making decisions that seem out of character for you. And I'm trying not to judge you for that. But I want to ask you, what need are you meeting here within yourself by choosing these things? And that is the issue. The shadow explosion is attempting to balance the personality. And I can bet you, I promise you, this woman was either put under pressure or put herself under pressure to the point of breaking. And if somebody walked into my office and told me everything that you just told me in this message and said, this is my narrative, this is what's happening, my first thought after, okay, this is a shadow explosion, would be, where is the pressure coming from in your life? Because you're like a pressure cooker that just exploded, right? And we would do that root cause work. And for me, and this is an opinion, okay, and maybe it's because I've been a disaster before and I've needed friends who could walk through a shadowy place with me. To me, this is being a friend, It's trying to reach someone where they are. Like, this is thick and thin, right? This is the thin part. This is being a friend, not a fair weather friend, but like a true friend. Like, I'm with you through it. But this is the thing about this friendship. There's another problem to consider. If you had just written me and said, look, my friend is making all these bad choices. Like, she's still the same lovable person that I knew, but like, she's just acting like a fool. I would be just talking about shadow and say, okay, this is probably what's going on. I mean, again, I'm reading the situation from an Instagram message. So there's only so far I can go. But there's another problem, and that's that she's mistreating you. And that's another issue in friendship. Friends, we should not tolerate mistreatment, really for any reason. I mean, you can tolerate it in the moment and go, okay, that was kind of crappy. You want to talk about what's going on? (laughs) You know, we can sort of like acknowledge it, but let it go, but like get to the meat of the issue. But if it's a pattern... There's no reason to tolerate disrespect or mistreatment in relationship. It's degrading. It affects our mental health. It affects our emotional health. Okay, now if you can address this and she admits it, then you've won her over. You know, you've won her over to your side and she might really open up and change if she can just see like, look, you're not yourself. And that's a very powerful statement to make. Not you're a bad person, but when you can look at someone who's making really bad decisions and say, this isn't you then they're reminded, wait, there's, there's another side to my personality here. I'm living in a different place. Maybe send her this podcast, by the way. <laughs> Shameless plug for sharing the podcast. But really, like, send her the podcast. Like, you know, nobody knows who this is. I don't know. Maybe she'll hear it. But it sounds to me, like, based on your message, that she's not hearing you. Like, she's lying. You're confronting her, she apologizes, but it's still really weird, and then she gaslit you. None of this is treatment that we should tolerate in any relationship. And fortunately and unfortunately, friendships are totally by choice. So if you choose, you can end it for mistreatment, I think. I mean, if you're asking for my opinion, psychologically speaking, this is a shadow explosion, and you need to put up some boundaries for sure. But If it were me, I would probably have a conversation first. If she's interested in righting the wrong she's committing against you, that's worthwhile. I mean, that's a human being in process, a messy one, but I can't judge that. I've been too messy in my own life. But if she's denying them and gaslighting you, yeah, it might be time to walk away. In general, we are very dangerous to others if we have not done shadow work. Now, you don't have to call it shadow work for it to be shadow work. Shadow work is just admitting when you're wrong. It's admitting like the secret shameful things about yourself. If you've never done that, if you've never been like, don't think I'm crazy, but I totally, I mean, 
I love Jasper. Y'all know I post about him on Instagram, my little darling. I have mentally thought about kicking the dog. What? Oh, Vanessa. Okay, get over yourself. Do shadow work. That is just, it's, it's, it's a thought. It's an aggressive thought. Like, I've thought, what would happen if I did? Like, he would never trust me again. Like, it, it, it crosses my mind. It's an aggressive part of my personality. In the past, I would have repressed that. I would have thought I was a bad person. I would have been terribly ashamed that I had such thoughts. And that is but one of many aggressive thoughts that I've had. Okay, but do I act on them? No, that's a completely different part of the self. I'm not going to act on anything. But do we have these thoughts? We sure do. And if we talk about them in safe community, the shadow balances itself. If we own them, if we can confess them, this is why we need confession in religion. If we can confess these things, the shadow balances itself in the personality. But when there's no outlet and we have constructed a self that only does good, means good, intends good, and thinks good, first of all, please come out of denial. You're not even a real person. But secondly, your shadow is going to explode. You cannot live in that kind of self-denial and be a balanced person. You have to admit this is why we talk about it all the time on this podcast. You have to admit your motives. Admit it when you've done wrong. It is mentally healthy to admit this part of yourself. Because if you haven't done shadow work in time, you will project your shadow onto others. And that's what your friend is doing. It's not an if. It is a when. If you don't balance your shadow, you will dump it on other people. And that is when we do real damage in relationship. But if we do the work of acknowledging the shadow, whether you're like me and you've lived out your shadow self and that's how you had to learn about it, or you're like other more rational sane people who simply think about the shadow and talk about it. I wish I'd done that and gone that route. Um, either way, people who have done shadow work can be marvelous friends, very deep, unjudging, compassionate, wise. But mistreatment against you is a different story. So the choice is yours. You have to look at her as a person. If you value her as a person, if you really know her and you can work with her through this explosion of shadow and kind of walk alongside, you don't have to identify with it. You don't have to agree with it. You can say, I violently disagree with everything you're doing, but I love you and I won't leave you. That is being a friend. That to me is being a friend through thick and thin. I've done it. I've had people do it with me. But if it's time to end it, if you just think, no, we've drifted too far apart. And also, she's no longer trustworthy because she lies and she gaslights. Okay, that's legit. So how do we end it? Okay, how to end a friendship? I think and you and I exchanged a little bit of a message about this on Instagram, Heather. I think it's a normal breakup talk. I think we can always start a breakup talk with what we've gained. Okay, this is what I have valued in you. This is the gift that you've been in my life. This is what I've received from our relationship. But, right, I think our paths are separating. I see myself going down a road that you seem not so interested in anymore, and I do not judge you for it, but I cannot walk with you. Okay? I like ending a breakup talk with a thank you. Thank you for all that you brought to my life. Thank you for all you've taught me about myself, about yourself, about the world. I will forever be thankful for you. But this is where our journey ends together, okay? And, you know, the old cliche, it's true. These things are true. You know, friends or people come into our lives for reasons, seasons, and a lifetime, right? And I was thinking about when I read your message, I thought about that old song I learned in Girl Scouts. 
remember that song? Um, Make new friends, but keep the old one is silver and the other's gold. Right? <laughs> it's so cute. These things we remember when we're five years old. But, you know, it's a nice sentiment. Make new friends, but keep the old one is silver and the other's gold. But sometimes an old friend, I don't know, it's like a gold ring you got to take off. It's like a divorce. I mean, all these symbols, these metaphors, but you have to let go. And, and, and when it's time, it's time because we're acknowledging you were in my life for a reason and a season and it's come to an end and I'm acknowledging that and there can be a really clean feeling about it. Like this has served its purpose and it's over. And that's clean. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just depends on whether or not this is a person who you see value in going forward in your life. And if she can do the work, if she's the kind of person who can, she might. Or you might feel like we've come a bridge too far. It's your choice. But that is how I would say you break up with a friend. Okay, Heather, I hope this helps. It's a tough situation for sure. I hope you find a peaceful place with it. Now, I am so excited to bring you the first segment of Ask V. So if you'll remember, a couple podcasts ago, I said we're starting a new segment wherever you are in the world, and you're going to be very surprised to hear where my first segment is from. But wherever you are in the world, we schedule a call. All you do is send me an email. The link is in the show notes at the podcast at vanessalandino.com and say, hey, I have a question I'd like to ask you. And we'll set up a Zoom call and we record it. And it's like 10 to 15 minutes and you can ask me anything. And if I don't know anything about it, I'll tell you. But if I had, please keep it in the field of mental health. Don't ask me about geography. Um, But if it's in the field of mental health, I probably have some thoughts about it. And our first Ask V segment is here. So before I play that for you, I want to read what this incredibly thoughtful, articulate human being wrote to me. Dear Vanessa, I hope this message finds you well. I wanted to share a heartwarming story with you about the profound impact your podcast has had on my life. Over two years ago, as I was navigating the complexities of the English language, I stumbled upon your podcast. Initially seeking interesting native content to improve my language skills, I had no idea that your insightful episodes would become a beacon of wisdom and growth. One vivid memory stands out. The first episode I tuned into during a nerve-wracking trip to the dentist. It was about growth. Back then, my English skills were limited, and I struggled to grasp even half of the content. Despite the linguistic challenge, the depth of your discussions was so captivating that I made it a personal mission to listen, translate, and comprehend every word and nuance. Fast forward to today, and I'm delighted to say that not only have my language skills improved significantly, and you are about to hear this, but I now comprehend every word of your podcast. This journey has been more than a linguistic evolution. It's been a profound exploration into understanding myself on a deeper level. As a listener from Ukraine, I'm like freaking out right now. Let me keep reading. As a listener from Ukraine, your podcast has been a constant companion offering insights beyond language acquisition. I've learned invaluable lessons on self-love, building healthy relationships, and processing childhood trauma. Your discussions have transcended language barriers, reaching into the depths of my soul. What strikes me most is that besides being an insightful therapist, you've inadvertently become an outstanding English teacher. Your clear articulation and engaging discussions have played a pivotal role in my language journey. I want to express my deepest gratitude for the positive impact your podcast has had on my life. Your authenticity and vulnerability make it feel like I'm having a conversation with a wise friend who understands the complexities of the human experience. Looking forward to many more insightful episodes. 
happy new year. So that's when Olga reached out to me. So that, first of all, I mean, my that email, this is why I do this. Okay, this is why I do this. I am blown away on many levels that this vulnerable, brave, intelligent woman has reached out to me across miles of land and miles of ocean and time zones to share this with me. So without further ado, here is our first Ask V segment with Olga from the Ukraine, currently in Poland. Here we go. So it's so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for your email. And thank you for having me and for replying for me. It means a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah, it just meant the world to me. I read it to my husband. I hope that's okay. Yes, Uh, so. And and it just hits us because, you know, he edits the podcast and he's such a huge part of it. And I just said, you know, it's amazing what we're doing all around the world here. It's just so great. So tell everybody where you're calling in from. Tell us about you just a little bit. Yeah, so uh, originally I'm from Ukraine, but right now I'm living in Poland for the last five years. Okay. I come from the very small village and I didn't saw that my life will change in such a way as it is right now. How did you find the podcast? So it's very, very interesting story because uh, I was learning English and I tried to find some native uh, content that I could listen and that, that would be interesting for me. And uh, I remember the day when I was sitting uh, at work and I was trying to find something that I could listen in the background while I'm working. and. I don't know how I found your podcast in Spotify. It was just, I don't know, it was just in the first, first in my list when I Googled some, uh, when I tried to find some uh, podcasts. Yeah. And I start to listen the first episode and, and yeah, I'm listening and wow, it's amazing. And I didn't understand like uh, all words because I was in the beginning of the, uh learning process but uh yeah it i could understand like more than 60 percent, so it did it, it was good and yeah. then i remember this day i had um i had uh appointment dentist appointment and uh, on my way i was listening to your podcast like one more time and this is how i found and then i started to listen every day on my way to work like uh, every day new episode i remember that that the um, uh, duration of the episode was the, exactly it took the same time as the road to to my to my office mm-hmm. so yeah this is how, how i found your podcast and i share it with, uh, with my friends actually what I, I i already noticed that in the spotify there is a possibility to see the subtitles so it's oh, easier for people who are learning um, oh that's uh, great when... i didn't even know that okay let me look into that <laughs> yeah oh so great this is an amazing story so you were trying to learn english and then yeah. you found my podcast on spotify and then you started listening to it but what you wrote in your email was just so amazing to me because as you're learning English, it was also helping you as a person. Yeah, and I, I yeah, that's why I'm I sure. did. Yeah, I found in the perfect time of my life because this is what I needed, and uh, it was just um, nah, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I, I had the 
20 years, 20 years. And when I crossed this, uh, this edge, I started uh, really think about uh, myself and uh, I started to ask a more deeper question and also started to think about my childhood and what I would like to achieve in life. So it was like perfect time. <laughs> so perfect. Yes. Well, that makes me feel so happy. It warms my heart. I'm just so just honored to meet you. So this segment is called Ask V, right? So you can ask me anything. What would you like to ask? Yeah, I have prepared a couple of questions. I right. have actually in my list, but uh, first okay. I wanted to ask you because I have your book uh, oh, like almost so one much. year from the release. Right. And I wanted to ask you if you plan to translate it for the different languages because I would share it. I would like to share it with my mom, with my family. And unfortunately, they don't know English. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. This, this is, is what a I want to question. I don't my 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 heart's answer is yes. I want to translate it. I want to translate it into any language that I can. My head's answer to that question is let me work on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I totally translating this into Ukrainian or Polish or Yeah, I I assume you could translate to the popular languages, I don't know, Spanish, uh, Russian, some, yes, some yes, very yes, common. I know I totally understand that it's not possible to translate the all, to the all right. languages of yes. the world, but yeah, it it would be great to have a chance to share with a family yes. because it great too i even saw that i could sit and translate some you know parts which i would like to share okay. because it's amazing yes. uh, another question that i have um i noticed when i became my i could say the growth journey i started to add uh, some small thing to my um daily routine as a meditation as listening to your podcast uh doing yoga and um, i noticed that in some time i became like a the victim of the productivity. I tried to do more and more every single day. And I noticed that sometimes I'm really tired and I'm afraid to, you know, skip something because I noticed that it uh, has the big impact in my life. And I wanted to ask you if you have some advices uh, for this kind of um, situations, cases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what you're asking, I love this phrase, the victim of productivity. And is what you're asking me, Olga, that you feel like you're trying and you're doing and you're busy doing all of this yeah. to try and get you into a better headspace, but is it not working? Do you feel overwhelmed? Like what's, yeah. what's I, I suppose it's working, but uh, okay. yeah, um, but every time I try to add something new, and okay. still keep up with the old activities. And, you um, know, when you try to do the meditation, yoga, uh, listening, <laughs> focus, reading books every single day and you need to work. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I noticed that I became a little bit anxious about this and I cannot, you know, skip it just because I know that if I do the baby step every single day, it in the end, it uh, has very huge impact on my life. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so what I'm hearing you say is everything you're doing is working and it's all helpful, but it's like too much. Yes. Right? Like, how do you get it all in before eight o'clock in the morning when you have to go to work? I have to meditate. I got to read. I got to do yoga. Like, it's all so, so much. 
Yes, this is what I ask. Yeah. So sometimes I think we all have the anxiety of um, taking things off of our plate, you know, and that's an American or an English phrase that means like, you know, if you have a plate full of food and you just pile everything onto it, it's like, okay, this is what I have to eat. And if I take something off, then I'll be hungry, you know? And so I think that, you know, one of my favorite phrases about this, and I'm actually going to look it up because a friend of mine who I've had as a guest on the podcast just put out her own podcast. And she is a women's wellness coach. Her name is Liz Sanfilippo. She's a mentor to me. She's my best friend since I was 11 years old. But she really specializes in creating a healthful living style that's gentle, that's working with you. And so she used this phrase in her last podcast, and I loved it. She said, incorporate habits slowly, honestly and authentically. So I love this phrase. Yes. Let's just take a moment to chew on that. Let's incorporate things slowly, honestly, and authentically. And what that means for me, and then I'd love to hear what that means for you. But when I think about that for me, I have to ask myself, does this work for my life? Like, is it more work than the benefit? Am I stressing about this more than it's benefiting me? Because my head will tell me, you have to do this, you have to do that, blah, blah, blah. But what is my body telling me? What does my body tell me that I need? Because if I'm only listening to my head, I may be in a fear response. I may be in a stress response. And then I'm going to pile all of these things on because I don't want to get off track. And I don't want to go back to the way I was living or I don't want to be in pain. you know. But then what we're doing is, Again, this phrase is so good, the victim of productivity. We're creating more pain and we're victimizing ourselves possibly in a way that we've already been victimized. And I would question, maybe there's a story in your life, Olga, where too much was put on you and you were supposed to handle it. Is this a way? Okay, so you're nodding. Do you want to respond to that a little bit? Yeah, so it's possible because I was very responsible child in my family. I'm oldest child in my family. Okay, Okay, so you hold yourself to a really high standard. Yeah. You have to get it all done. And there's a benefit, of course, to being responsible, but we can become overly responsible. And overly responsible is when we start ignoring all of the signals our body is giving us that we have too much on our shoulders. We're taking on too much. So this may be a pathway, an insight into your childhood and into the way you function. Like how long have I been living with too much weight on my shoulders? And now as an adult, I'm the one putting it on. Like in childhood, I had no choice. But in adulthood, I do have a choice. I can learn to live with less weight on me. You know, one of the hardest things, I think for oldest children, okay, for children in the family system who had a lot of responsibility, what we call them a lot, a lot of times is the hero child in the family, right? They have to do all the work. They kind of carry a lot of the responsibility for younger siblings, even for the parents. It's very hard for the oldest child to know how to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) This is so true. I'm amazed how you could, you know, fill in this I don't know how to say deep vibration and understand where the issue lies. And even the question was, uh, it in the beginning, it seemed that it's far away from this topic. And then you just, you know, 
got to the point. So oh, I'm good. Like, <laughs> well, that's what we want to do, right? Is get to the point and get to the meat of it. And that may be that when I feel like I'm having fun, when I let go, when I'm like a child again, I feel guilty. I feel ashamed. I feel afraid. What if it all doesn't get done? And so healing is being able to remember a time in your life when you were carefree, when you didn't have all of the weight on you that you've just become so used to. It's part of your weight, right? Whatever you weigh, put on another 50 pounds. That's actually what you're carrying around, right? And so healing would be, when do I remember playing? Without a care in the world, not knowing what time it was, not thinking about all the things I had to get done, but I could just get lost in the moment and play. And I'm not putting something else on your plate, but maybe instead of doing all the things you're trying to do to be healthy, right? Taking off some of those things is where the health is for you. Learning how to live a little lighter. And then Again, I love this phrase that Liz used. What is authentic to you? Not what other people have told you to do, but what do you love? What do you enjoy? And start to shape your self-care routine around things that you love, that you enjoy, that bring you into a place of centered rest and then allow yourself, this is where the growth is, give yourself permission to say no to other things, maybe not forever, but just for right now. Right now, this is what I need and this is enough. And your body will tell you if your body is relaxed in those things, good. But if your body is getting all stressed because there's too much stuff on your plate, you've got to listen to your body. And for you, I think it's going to be tricky because when you start taking things off of your plate, you're probably going to start to feel worried and guilty because <laughs> that's what you're <laughs> doing, right? But you've got to get through that worry and guilt. Just feel it. Notice that, okay, I'm worried and I'm guilty, but I'm moving in a good direction. I'm taking things off my plate and I'm learning how to live with less pressure on me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I noticed that I'm tending more... Mm more thinking than feeling and sometimes when you're doing this for a long long time it's very hard to actually notice the feeling beautiful that's right yeah that's and right. this is what the, what i'm thinking about for a long time how to start listening your inner voice and silence this this yes. noise yes okay <laughs> Where do you, and we'll wrap up here, Olga, but where do you feel that inner voice inside of you? Where does that land in your body? Just take a moment. Yeah, probably in my chest. Okay. Can you feel it right now? Yeah. Okay. So I want you to feel it. Okay. That's you. That's your, your heart, your spirit, your true self, whatever it is talking to you. When you sit down with yourself, okay, and you go, all right, what stays on my plate, so to speak, what stays on my list and what comes off, I want you to listen to that voice in your chest. As long as that's a voice of love and kindness to yourself, listen to it. But there's going to be another voice that says, no, you can't do that. You can't afford to do that. You're going to get off. To th that's a voice of fear. Okay. Trust the voice that's leading you down a path of peace. And this is, I think, a lot of where your healing is. Yeah, thank Hello. you.
Thank you for amazing advices. Absolutely. I'll just stay in touch. It's such an honor to talk to you. Thank you for visiting us from Poland. I look forward to hearing about your journey going forward. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. I am just melting here with my gratitude and humbling. I'm humbled. Truly humbled. Thank you, Olga. Thank you all for listening. Please keep listening. Please keep sharing this podcast. And remember, your sole work is to discover who you truly are and learn how to love that human being. Till next time. This podcast is recorded in Nashville, Tennessee and edited by Jared Bentley. I'm Vanessa Bentley and you just listen to Substance, not Psychobabble.